Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading we heard was from Acts of the Apostles, and it begins in Acts chapter 4 by saying that the community of believers were of one heart and one mind. That the community of believers all had the same mission, all had the same goal, that they had encountered the risen Jesus Christ, that they believed in Jesus, and that they were now walking in this way of Jesus. So the early Christians were a community, were what I always love to say, a family. Now then Acts moves to this powerful story of Ananias and Sapphira, a married couple that tempt the Holy Spirit and lie about what they donate to the church. Now they didn't have to donate, but when they sold their piece of land, they said, we sold it for this much, but they really gave this much. So they held back some of it. When Ananias comes to Peter and gives him the money, Peter's like, Ananias, why would you do that? How could you tempt the Holy Spirit? And he falls dead. Sapphira comes later, not knowing her husband is dead. And Peter says, so how much was it? How much did you guys give? And she also lies. Right away, she falls dead. It makes me think of how important friendships and relationships are in following Christ. Ananias and Sapphira make me think of Adam and Eve. It's like, who ate the apple? She did it. He did it. They both did it together. And I believe we live together and we die together. Then the gospel transitions to this beautiful story of Thomas, of doubting Thomas. He struggled. The apostles saw Jesus. And then they go to Thomas. He wasn't with them. He should have been with them, but he wasn't. And they're like, Thomas, we saw him. He rose from the dead. And Thomas is like, you know the story. Unless I see his marks, I won't believe. One thing it makes me think about, like we can preach so many different angles of this gospel. But it makes me think of how cool it was for Thomas to have friends that witness to Jesus. That tell, that tell you, like, do you have any friends in your life that tell you Jesus is risen? He's the way, the truth, and the life. Follow Jesus. The apostles were that for Thomas. But Thomas said, look, I got to see it for myself. Eight days later, in the gospel, it says, Thomas was with the apostles. How good is it? The whole time, eight days, you can think, eight days, what's, what's going on? They're probably like, Thomas, come on, man. Come on, bro. Like, Jesus is risen. We saw it for ourselves. And Thomas is like, look, I got to see it for myself. But the apostles were patient. They were patient with their friend. And Thomas, good for him, he stayed with his friends. Because he knew that his friends were good. This whole homily, I want to talk about friendships. And how important friendships are in our lives. There are good and holy friendships, and there are bad friendships that lead us away from God. And this, like, parents are like, yes, kids, are you listening? Kids, are you listening right now? But hey, kids and parents, this is for all of us. We all have friends. Not just kids that have friends that are good, that bring them to church and and help them pray. But kids have friends that lead them away from God. Parents, you do too. You have friends that builds you up and encourage you in the faith, in walking this difficult life of a Christian. And then you have friends that tempt you and lead you astray. 
So this is not just for kids. It's for everyone. We all have relationships that help us grow in our faith and some that lead us away. Some kids are like tripping right now. I'm looking out and they're like, oh man, this is a tough homily. There are many sayings. They, a lot of people say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Or, you are who your friends are. First, friendships will be one of the most important decisions you make in your life. Who you choose as friends will be one of the most important decisions. Just like men, who you choose as your spouse, your wife, will be the most important decision towards your happiness and vice versa. So choose rightly. Proverbs 13 says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So walk with those who are wise. 1 Corinthians 15, St. Paul says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Many parents say, I, I work so hard. I try so hard to build them up in the faith. And then the one friend that they meet, that they get to know. St. Paul says, bad company corrupts good character. So parents, obviously be watchful, and yet children, kids, know who you are hanging out with. So let's start with bad friends first. My first point is, maybe you're the bad friend. Maybe you're the friend that other parents don't want their kids hanging out with. Maybe you're the leader in your friend group and you're the one leading everyone astray. So don't blame it on your friends. Maybe you're the one that has more of a, more strength. In every friend group, there's leaders and there's followers. That's just kind of how it works. So maybe you're that friend. So humble yourself. St. Paul says, Now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a friend, but is sexually immoral, greedy, idolater, slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler, do not even eat with such people. St. Paul, didn't Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? I'm confused. And yet Christ called them out of that. When we, when we hang out with people that are maybe farther from God and are not doing the best things, our job as good friends, that's our mission, is to call them out of that way of life. I ask myself, why do so many boys fight? There's like this fight, fighting spirit going on. Past couple years, I've been seeing it in youth groups. Why do they fight? Because their friends fight. Because it's the thing to do. Why do so many kids vape? They didn't start vaping like, oh, this looks so cool. It looks like a thumb drive. It doesn't look like anything cool. Why do they do it? Because their friends do it. That's literally it. It's a social thing. Why do people smoke weed? Not many people smoke weed by themselves. It's because they do it socially with their friends. Or why do kids and many people feel pressured to act out sexually before marriage? Because their friends do it. Or because they feel pressured by their friends. A lot of guys in, in, in my kind of generation, even me as growing up, were made, were made fun of for being what they call prude or being chaste. Why do we feel pressured? Because the outside influences, often from our friends, people we call our friends, pressure us the wrong way. This is a bad friendship. 
Two things happen in bad friendships. Either they won't last because they're founded on bad soil, that, that it's kind of fundamentally selfish, it's a selfish friendship, and it eventually goes away, and kids get really hurt by it. Especially if you think of like, I think of like young girls that have these like big crushes on guys that are just not good for them. They're like not good guys in the sense of like, no offense guys, but I love you, but like they're not like doing the right thing because they're young, they're immature, they don't know what they're doing, they don't, you know, and the guy will say, hey baby, I love you. And like, no he doesn't, you know, he doesn't love you. And the girl will be like, oh, like he loves me. And then he'll, they'll break up in a month and then everything just destroys, their whole life is over. Well, that's what happens in friend groups that are not founded on something good and right. They eventually, well, either they'll go away or the second thing that will happen is both people will assimilate to each other and they'll become bad. And they'll continue in that bad. Eventually, it's got to either die or it's going to thrive in a really bad way. All right. Second, now good friendships. Enough about the bad. Now good friendships. Good friendships are meant to be um, on the same mission or the same quest. St. Mother Teresa says, true friendship consists in mutually perfecting one another and drawing each other closer to God. So you judge your friendships based on what the goal of your friendship is. What is the point of your relationship? The second is that authentic friendship is honest. It's honest. St. Jerome says, true friendship ought never to conceal what it thinks. If you see your friend going in the wrong direction, shouldn't you tell them? Shouldn't you say, shouldn't you be able to say that I can tell you you're going in the wrong way? Now, oftentimes we're afraid of that kind of honesty because we're afraid of rejection or we're afraid of losing our friends. But the reality is, guys, when you follow Christ, you might lose friends. Friends have to be like the apostles today. They were of one mind and one heart. Whenever there's division in friendship, it's not even authentic. It's not even real. We're faking it. So we have to be honest and open with our friends. And I pray that that honesty is in the truth of Jesus Christ. Third is that authentic friends are vulnerable. Meaning that it's similar with honesty. They reveal their heart. They're willing to even get hurt for the other. They're willing to love. And then they always show compassion and respect for each other. In a good friendship, the union is always Jesus. There should always be a third person in your friendship, and that is Christ. Like I said, when you follow Jesus, be ready to lose friends. If you want to be authentic about your friendships, then you might lose some friends. I feel like I kind of lost some friends. Um, I went, you guys know, I went to Michigan State and was really far from God, you know, was really in this party atmosphere. And then I started following Christ. I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus. And, and I really wanted to. And all my friends, I, I went to the bar one time and I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not doing all these bad things. And they stopped wanting to hang out with me. They stopped calling me. They stopped whatever. And I felt some rejection. And then I felt like, man, I got no other friends. But one thing I want to encourage all of us, listen to this, that God will provide. 
If, if you have a friend group that you know is leading you far away, but they're your only option, it's like that's all you have, it's better to lose them, and God will provide with holy and good friendships. Another thing, Jesus says in John 15, from, the, from his very words, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus is the best friend. He's always listening. He's always there. He'll never leave you. And when you fall and when you sin, he'll meet you with compassion and he'll say, it's okay, get up. I'm with you. His hand is always stretched out. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment when your heart is open to mercy. If you struggle finding holy friendship, look around. St. Joseph Parish is the most beautiful, loving, open family that you could ever ask for. If you struggle with friendship, look all around you. And then also pray for it. So my challenge, Parish, to us is challenge your friendships. Think about your friendships now during this Mass. Think about which ones are holy and which ones are leading you away from God. The ones that are leading you away from God, I'm not saying drop them. I'm saying challenge them. I'm saying be a leader that is helping guide them towards Christ. So think about your friendships and challenge them to be more Christ-centered, to be authentic and bold. One reason we don't do that, like I said, is our fear of rejection and our fear of loneliness. Fear of rejection? Welcome to reality. Blessed are those who are persecuted, who are insulted for the sake of my name. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. But fear of loneliness? That stuff's gone. You're never alone. You always have him. So pray for your friendships and pray together as friends. God bless you.